Welcome into hour number two of Score North Live. Rami Makloff, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. Danny exited and making his way into the TCL broadcast studios is Derek Wetmore. Derek, how are you this afternoon, sir? Great, Rami. How are you, man? Now, you're going to be a part of Score North Live as as we move forward. Score North Twins show is, is still around, but this 12 to 2 block is going to be Score North Live for the uh, foreseeable future. You're going to be a part of that, and as part of that, we're definitely going to dive into your Twins knowledge. That is your focus here at Score North. Folks can read your thoughts on the Twins at scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, and we'll talk plenty of Twins when you join us here, but you know other things in the world of sports. We're going to tap into that as well, and we're going to tap into things that you don't know as later <laughs> this hour we introduce a new segment on Score North Live. We'll do this every week when Derek sits in, and it's Derek Goes to the Movies, yes. where uh, we give you a movie you haven't seen that you definitely should have seen, and there's a long list of them, and you'll watch it and review it here on Score North Live. I learned about this like four minutes ago, yes. and I'm good to go. All right, and so we'll we'll try and sign me. Up. We'll try and brainstorm a list of movies that Derek. Eric should see in the uh, final segment here at about 1240, 1240, or excuse me, 140, 145. But uh, if you want to start tweeting those in right now, at Score North, at Rami is tweeting, at Derek Wetmore, we welcome your recommendations of movies that Derek should see that he has not seen yet. And if you're wondering... They're all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's all of them. Like, if, if, if you're wondering, like, well, this is a no-brainer, but he's, he's, he's probably definitely seen, it, seen right? Rocky. No, no, Sorry. he hasn't. He hasn't seen it. We'll, we'll get into the examples in the third so, segment. We'll, but we'll get to that in the third segment. Did want to start off the hour talking about some <laughs> twins, though. And it's I've I've now moved past the, the morning phase. Are you past the morning phase of the 2019 Minnesota Twins? I've had, like, six hours to work this out between the, the post-game show the Twins show we did yesterday, and then Mackie and Judd with Rami was largely Twins and hashing out just what the hell happened in the ALDS. So I've gotten it out of my system. I'm past the morning. I'm now to the point of starting to look forward for the Minnesota Twins. Are yeah. you there yet? Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I mean, I, I guess I don't really mourn it. but That's true. Yeah. I've, I, too, have worked you out. You remove a, emotion. I, for- too, have worked out a lot of this in uh, post-game after game one. People were mad. Yeah. Post game after game two, people were kind of just resigned. And then game three was fun at Target Field. It was great. The fans were kind of waiting for something to pop and get just a reason to explode. And it never, it never really came. I mean, stranded the bases loaded uh, with no outs. We call that a Houdini. <laughs> that does not amp a home crowd up. So I don't know. I mean, like. I sort of have lived through this with people while not necessarily experiencing it. You've been a fan before. Sure. You're you're a media member now. And like my Tottenham Hotspur are going through a tough time. So I know what it's like. What? What is that? Soccer. Oh. Maybe if we can do a Derek Goes to the Movie segment, (laughs) I can teach you EPL soccer with Jonathan Harrison. (laughs) I'm going to try and learn hockey this year. One new sport at a time, Derek. Okay, fair. I'm going to try to learn hockey this year. You might want to pick a secondary team. Uh, unless you just start. Oh, not for... even for rooting interests. Oh, okay. I just kind of want to learn the sport. Okay, right on. So I'm going to see if I can attend a few games with Judd and maybe Declan. Excellent. Who know hockey and Matthew Collar really knows hockey. And I'll too. annoy them and I'll say, "Why? <laughs> what, what is what is icing?" And Hang why on, is how it? come they're skating that way this time? <laughs> <laughs> they came back out and forgot which way they were skating. Uh, no, I mean, so like I've lived through this with people, and I totally understand the sort of emotional investment here. Um, I, I I never really had a morning phase. Mm-hmm. In fact, we never got to this. Do you mind before we get to sure. roster plans? Yeah, and stuff, absolutely. I thought I felt as a media member 
I think the way a lot of uh, of media members or, or or fans are feeling today, or like Monday, more like going into sort of marching to what some people thought was the inevitable. I sort of felt like that when I learned Buxton was having shoulder surgery. Okay, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I'm very oh, you didn't mention that yesterday. I'm yeah. very, but I don't know. If we talked about it on the show, or if it yeah. was just off mic. But I'm very uh, probabilistic in the way that I think about baseball, and I'm looking at the matchups and the talent level. You're a robot. You don't use emotions. You use probabilities 100%. and statistics. One hundred percent. If then statements. <laughs> <laughs> That's my software in here. But but I'm just. I, I guess that. Um, that punch or that sting that people are feeling of, oh, they're down 0-2 and they don't have enough pitching left. Like, how are they going to get over this mountain? Well, I guess it might be over. I didn't think that it was over when Buxton got hurt. Yeah. But that sort of difficult-to-scale mountain was there for me because Buxton and Pineda happened the same weekend. Right. I remember where I was when I thought this twin season might not end the way that everyone's hoping that it does. So so I also have some built-in time there where, yes, I was just getting ready for the postseason, and we were doing our show, and I was doing my column, and I was going to Twins games, and I was watching the road games, and, and all of it was a build-up to facing the Yankees. And while I'm non-zero guy, where I said, you know, there is a chance here, it never it, – it the sting of Buxton sort of – I guess that part hit me. That was me. the gut punch. That part hit me earlier. I I think it was a little bit lower than the gut. Really? I think it was a few Below inches. Below the belt? Yeah. Yeah? Depends where you wear your belt, I guess. Your manhood? For Did most it get you people, in your manhood? Not me personally, right. but I'm saying for the Twins and their postseason odds, it was definitely a kick to the sensitive area. It was a shot to the Twins' odds manhood. Okay. Is that I one way to say it? Okay. All right. Manhood of the Twins' odds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, I just, you know... They could have still won the series, and we can replay it a hundred times if we want to. I think not really a whole lot of point in that, unless you're trying to no, learn. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm good. I don't mean here today. I mean through the course of the the future. But like, I you could replay it a bunch. But I just think that when Buxton and Pineda went down in the same weekend, it was kind of like, all right, well, all right, right here we go. So long way of answering your question. The morning phase. It's over. I'm ready to look forward. All right. So as we look forward, I think the first thing that we should do, that we almost have to do, is look at this current roster and see who who's definitely back on this current roster. I mean, nothing is actually definite, but there are some guys up and down this roster who you can look at and say, yeah, Polanco will be your shortstop next year. I don't think there's much doubt that Jorge Polanco will be your shortstop next year. Mitch Garver is going to be one of your catchers next year. Going around the diamond, who else do we know will be Minnesota Twins in 2020. Miguel Sano is going to be a twin? For sure. Oh, you're saying like there's no possibility? Yeah. Oh, oh. I mean, you could consider trading Sano if you wanted to. I thought you meant like who is under contract okay. and can no, be back. We can, we can go on that. Let's go on that. Who's okay. under contract? Miguel Sano is back. Sano. Byron Buxton is back. Buxton. We assume they are like picking up Nelson Cruz's option as we speak. Like right now, they're probably picking up Nelson Cruz's option, right? I assume they picked it up in July, and they're just waiting to tell us. They're making it official as we speak. And by the time uh, we're taping this segment, by the time this comes to the radio, that thing, it's going to be picked up. I feel pretty confident about that. And you're at Target Field right now. Since you brought up that we're taping, you're currently at Target Field. For the season wrap-up. Thank you for allowing me to tape this segment. <laughs> sure, no I mean, problem. I'm looking forward to Score North Live. <laughs> um, that, that's good as done. Nelson Cruz is going to be back. And, uh, okay, so so Cruz DH, question mark first base. 
Second base. What is C.J. Crone's contract situation? That was a one-year deal that and they gave him? I believe he's an arbitration He guy. is. I'm looking at it right now. Arbitration eligible for 2020. So, decision to be made. Let's sure. just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Decision to be made at first base. By the way, Roy Smalley told us yesterday, I don't know if this is common knowledge, he's going to have surgery on that thumb this year. Crone? This offseason, yes. Oh, okay. Um, I did not know that. Okay. So, it's not that common. All right. Um, it makes sense. I mean, he was dealing with pain all year long. For like four months of the season. You pointed out the power was just gone. Yeah. Um, I didn't like saying it. CJ Crone seems like a fine guy and really helped this team in the first two or three months of the season. But without the power bat, I just, I just didn't think that he served much purpose on a postseason roster. But that is said and done. So question to be answered at first base. Second base, if you roll in with just Louis Arise, that's, that's probably okay. I'm good with that. Let's, let's just say for now, for the purposes of roster planning, second base, you don't need to answer. If you can improve, cool. Right. Cool. Shortstop, Polanco, you mentioned. Third base, Miguel Sano. Left field, Eddie Rosario is back. You have a decision to make there, I think. Mm-hmm. Center field, Byron Buxton is back. Will he be back for the start of the season? I don't know. So maybe there's a decision to be made there, but that's really aggressive. If you've got a decision to make there, oof. Right. Right field, Max Kepler's back and under contract. Pitching staff, it's just Barrios. It's just Barrios. I mean, the bullpen. You've got a number of arms in there that are going to be under team control for a long time. But starting rotation, starting rotation, just you have Barrios. One guy, Martin Perez has a as a an affordable team option. Do you think Gratterall goes to spring training with a spot in that rotation to lose? Not not necessarily locked in. But penciled in, and they say one of these five spots is yours to lose no, here in spring. I'd go the other way around. Really? Yep. I would say, because I like his arm, good stuff. I, I like what I've seen of his mentality. I would go in and say, you're six. Okay. You're six. I get it. And and if you, like, look, if you're the best pitcher in spring training, we're not going to be dumb here. Um, you could also make the service time argument and say, oh, he's in Rochester till July. Because of the service time he got here in September, we're going to hang him. This is perfectly fine to hang back with this guy, and I don't know that they'll do that. I'm certainly not advocating that they do that to save a buck and a year of team control and be a little more competitive into the future, but teams do that. Right. So I would have him... If I was the Twins, I would build this roster to have him on the outside looking in. So you have to get spring training. You have to get or retain between the guys who are free agents four starters this offseason, yep. in your opinion. Yep. Or move somebody from a bullpen roll into the starting rotation. Would you give know. Smeltzer a shot in spring? Would you leave one of those spots open for one of your young guys to earn it? Or are you're you're going and getting four starters this offseason or retaining the guys that you have and coming up with a you're coming up with a rotation of five starters, veteran starters, and if one of your young guys steps up and unseats one of those guys, then fine. Is that the approach you take? It's a good question. I think I'd rather have Smeltzer be six as well. Okay. <laughs> you know, but I don't think you can ever have too much starting pitching. I don't mind going into a season with eight guys who can be part of your rotation and then hash sure. it out. Yeah, like you could realistically say, just just thinking this out loud here, you could realistically say, well, Littell could be a starting pitcher, and Smeltzer could be a starting pitcher, and Randy Dobnek could be a starting pitcher, and Brewster Gratter Roll. <sighs> That's I'll pretty work good. On it. No, it's pretty good. I keep better every day. Just better every day. <laughs> That's all you can do. I, Just keep trying to get better. I would try to not count on that group for like three spots. I mean, that's ninety starts. That's a lot. Right. That's a lot of water to carry. And I thought I thought Dobnik was good. 
But, like, do you want to count on that's your guy? That's your number three starter next year? I would think that you try to improve your roster to the point where that's not the case. All right. So is that everybody? Have we gone around pretty much around the diamond and, and accounted for everybody who will be here next year that we know will be here next year? Well, you could. I mean, the bullpen, like you said, you pretty much have most of your bullpen back next year. Some of those guys are arbitration eligible. Um, but for the most part, I'm looking at it right now on baseballreference.com. I don't see many any major arms in your bullpen that are just outright free agents in 2020. I think you're all set there unless you want to just strengthen that some more. You have all your guys coming back in 2020 in the uh, bullpen. Well, bullpen Sergio Romo is the one that That's I've true. got circled. That's um, true. I would love to have him back as a media member. <laughs> I and I think that, as dude. a member of the Twins, you know, you'd like to have that guy. Um, I've talk- I was looking at the wrong line on, on... Oh, you're good, man. I... I was just, uh, for completeness sake, the, the bench is the other thing that I was thinking. That's what I was looking at when you were talking is, like, do you bring Adrianza back? Jason Castro. Castro, Astadio. Those are all question marks to me, but you do have control of Adrianza if you want him back for another year. Um, you've got control of Astadio, of course, and Castro's a free agent, so you'd have to pony up. Probably. Maybe he wants to be here and, like, he'll just take a deal, but you, my point is you would have to have a new contract. Um, for that guy. So if we're focusing internally on this segment and then we look externally next segment, I would say the guys that I would try the hardest to bring back that aren't a lock to be here, Jake Odorizzi, Sergio Romo, and maybe you make the case. I, Pineda? Pineda? Is that where you were going? I was going to say this is sacrilege to some people, but maybe you make the case that Big Mike's back in your rotation. I year. just can't trust that dude, man. For for sure not. Like obviously you can't trust him. And like not not in like <laughs> uh, shown that. Not even necessarily in like he's a cheater kind of way, and I don't trust him. He's a bad person, but like he's he's done dumb things to get caught. Like I just I can't trust somebody with that kind of judgment. The pint the neck full of pine tar. When he was with the Yankees, shocking, and then, and then you get caught taking a diuretic with the Twins when they literally make it as easy as it can possibly be for you to not take something you shouldn't be taking. It, shockingly bad. You, judgment. you get a list of stuff you can't take, and if you have any question, you can send it in for lab testing before putting it in your body. And still, he managed to get caught and get suspended. Like it's shockingly bad judgment on the part of Michael Pineda, and you wonder how that bad judgment in one form or another is going to cost you in the future. What other stupid decisions is he going to make that's going to leave you without a starter in October? Counterpoint, for you know, seven, eight million bucks, if he's going to come back for that because his market is now shot. It's, it's definitely majorly impacted by the thing that you just said. Team's going, ah, boy, I don't know. Like The Yankees going to bring him back? They probably need some starting pitching. They bring that guy back, knowing what they know about him. Um, the Mariners know him well. They're not building to win in twenty twenty. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are, and they want Big Mike back on a four-year deal. But I would look at this as he's going to have a choice now. Instead of pitching well on the second year of a Tommy John rehab contract and having his choice of three-year offers, he's going to be like a one, maybe a two low-money guy. Right. So counterpoint to what you're saying is like, yeah, I can't trust him. Well, for a cheap fifth starter when I need to fill out 80% of a rotation. Low risk, high reward is what you're saying. Kind of helps you get to that number mathematically. Right. If there's a ceiling on what you're going to spend 
and it's around that 130, 140, 150, or whatever it is, getting surplus value out of a guy like Big Mike, he might be the third guy I consider bringing back. Um, other free agents that'll be guys that'll be outright free agents this coming offseason. You mentioned Castro. I think they'll they'll probably try to bring him back. Odorizzi, we both agree they should try and bring him back. Kyle Gibson, a free agent. I'm okay with just letting Kyle Gibson walk. Good luck to Kyle. He is a great guy behind the scenes. He's always been fantastic with the media. I don't know what you can expect out of his performance in 2020. So I think Jonathan Scope did enough this year that he can go and get a starting second baseman's job somewhere and probably isn't interested in backing up or splitting time with Luis Arise. So he's probably as good as gone. And I like that guy. I think he can help a winning team, but... I just think you have right now you have a better option yep. at second base if he's looking for a, a full time starting job. Good gamble, good guy. Didn't do enough for me to say twenty twenty, let's go. And you mentioned Romo, and that's that's pretty much it as far as the guys who are outright free agents before the uh the twenty twenty season. A bunch of arbitration eligible guys, and they'll have some decisions to make there as well. We'll keep doing our dissection of this twins roster and looking ahead to how they get better in twenty twenty. I suspect there will be some reckless speculation after this. And uh, we'll look at some external candidates who might make your twins better. You're listening to Score North Live on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Derek Wetmore, Rami Makloff back right after this. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Back on Score North Live on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore here in for our number two and uh, sort of dissecting the 2019 heading into 2020. Minnesota Twins looking ahead to see how this team can get better. We talked about who they'll retain in the first segment, Derek, and who will be free agents, who they can try and retain. Let's 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 get into some reckless trade speculation here. Oh um, be- before we go and get into external candidates who will be free agents, a lot of talk about who you can trade off this current major league roster to go and get better in areas where you need to go and get better next year. I'll be honest with you, I don't really like that idea. I don't. Okay. I, I like this team, you, the, and I feel like I don't want to take away from the strength of this team to make it better. I don't. I don't think that's necessary. I think you have resources and assets in the minor leagues that you can trade. I feel like there is payroll flexibility for them to go out and play in the free agent market a little bit this year to whatever extent the Minnesota Twins can and are willing to do that. I just don't like the idea of trading the two names that seem to be coming up when we talk trades to make this team better, Eddie Rosario and Miguel Sano. I just I don't I don't like that idea personally, do you? And you wouldn't trade anybody else? I mean, like, because I remember, we've talked about this before, Rob. I have your, no untouchables. Your, neither do the twins. Right. Your thought process is, if you're in win-now mode, you don't trade win-now players. Right. I'm a little more flexible than that. I am, if a win-now player going out makes me better from the people coming in, either now or into the future, it's something I'm considering. So I'm not against the idea of trading, oh, to use the names you put, Eddie Rosario, Miguel Sano. I wouldn't be in the business of trading Miguel Sano right now. That's not me, personally. Um, Eddie Rosario wouldn't scare me as much. 
Um, where else around? Like, who are other? See, let me let's talk about those two guys. Go for, for it. Yeah, because I'm trying to think. Like, there aren't a ton of other guys that are super super high value that you're going to move this winter and no. feel good about. I think Polanco would be a good trade chip when you look at the contract that he has and the value yeah. that he brings. But yeah, I don't but think you are right. You, but you don't want to trade Polanco. Yeah. But when we when we talk about Miguel Sano. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me. I, knew, I know Matthew Collar is going to disagree with me when I say this. I still see potentially special with that dude. And he had a, for, for the amount of time that he played and the production that he put up this year, he had a borderline special season this year. Offensively, that guy can do what not a lot of guys in this league can do. I, me personally, I have Miguel Sano penciled in as Nelson Cruz's replacement as your DH in the 2021 season. And I know there are contract considerations between now and then for for Miguel Sano, but I have him penciled in as Nelson Cruz's replacement as your DH starting in 2021. I don't want that guy anywhere on the field, but I want that guy's bat in my lineup. I want Miguel Sano part of the Twins long term. I think he took a big step this year, and I think he continues to move in that direction next year and moving forward. I think they've unlocked Miguel Sano. Yeah, the bat is nice. I mean, you still have long-term questions about third base, um, although but I... But you don't if he's your DH. Right, right. And But I guess, okay, let's keep turning down that path is if he's your DH, how much do you want to pay for a bat-only guy? Um, I agree with you. I think he's special. Offensively, I, I don't think there are very many players in baseball that can do what Miguel Sano did to give you a reference point for any stats nerds out there is he was worth about two and a half to three wins above replacement, according to fan graphs Mm -hmm. in 105 games. Now, some of that is going to be based on his defense, but his defense, according to fan graphs is actually a minus for the twins. I know color me shocked. A lot of twins fans out there gasping or spitting out their coffee, Mm -hmm. but there is a, a real value in that bat and if you get that over 150 games, you know, bring that value up a little bit. I'm, I don't know if he's a four-win bat or a five-win bat. Probably not, just because that's like other earthly special. But he is one of those guys that can do things offensively. I said this at the time he was struggling. I said, no, you don't sell this guy. Because you especially couldn't sell him then. Then you're selling low on a oh, guy yeah, who can sure. get really hot. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm the highest on Miguel Sano in the group, maybe. But you watch that dude take BP, and he does things that most people can't. Right. I mean, I don't love the uh, an approach necessarily for him to be a guy who just like takes a fastball and tries to go to right field, but my point is that he can. Right. He's strong enough. He's Miguel Cabrera to right center if that's his approach, if, if he's got his eyes that way. I mean, dead central. Nobody hits him deeper and farther Somebody with the Twins once told me, when Miguel Sano hits him, they stay hit. (laughs) He goes out to center field, and you're like, I'm not worried that that one's going to die on the warning track. (laughs) No, sir. And, of course, pull power. Everybody's got pull power. Um, So, for him, I think I'm right with you. I wouldn't trade him this winter. And in large part because a team that's going to be trading for him is not giving you Justin Verlander. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not that the Astros are trading for him, but by example, what you're looking for this winter, above all else, is JV, is Garrett Cole. Oh, he's a free agent, so never mind. This doesn't count. We'll get to that. There are, I thought we might, there are a, a, you know, a handful of aces, and you're looking for the next one. 
you're looking for somebody to pair with Brios at the top of that rotation. And I just don't think you necessarily get that for Sano. I certainly don't think you get it for Rosario. But my point is, I guess, long-winded way of saying, I keep Sano personally. But if you're going to explore the possibility of trading some players, trying to make your be- your team better now and into the future, I don't think you can draw any lines in the sand and say off-limits. And again, he's not off-limits. I'm just saying I'm strongly against it. I could be swayed. The right, the right guy could change my mind. When it comes to Rosario, that goes back to the philosophy that you mentioned, which is I don't trade. If I'm in a win-now window, I don't trade win-now players. Um, if I have depth at a position, I might trade win-now players. Who's your left fielder if you trade Eddie Rosario? Is there anybody ready to step up right now and be a major league hitter and left fielder for the Minnesota Twins in their system and replace Eddie Rosario? Are you sliding Marwin Gonzalez over there? Is he your everyday left fielder? What do you do about that position if you trade Eddie Rosario? Marwin Gonzalez could start the season there. He's on uh, second year of a two-year deal. I wouldn't count on him for 150 games in left field. I think long-term. One of the beauties of Marwin Gonzalez is how much he plays around. Right. So you want to have that guy. Right. And if you make him your left fielder, he's not that guy anymore. Takes away some of his value and puts more miles on the tires. Now, I don't know how much that matters, but i got to imagine if you're a guy who's used to, one day I'll play second. So, yeah, I've got to learn the angles and remember my throws and my cutoff positions and be thinking about the game constantly, which Marwin does an excellent job of doing from my perspective. That's that's a challenge on itself. But another challenge is like going out in the outfield and running around all day and right. logging those miles that you log. And I don't know if that has a wear and tear effect over the course of a season, but for a guy on the other side of 30, I'm thinking about that. If I'm the Twins, I want him to be a part-time outfielder, maximum. So maybe he starts the year there and Alex Kirilov shows that he's ready. And now he's your big bat and you plug him in in a corner outfield spot. Something I'd think about. Two-part question. I know you don't see him every day. What you're hearing, do you think he's ready or will be ready soon? And the second part of that question is, are you willing to gamble that in a win-now window? Guys who tear up double A, I consider to be worth a look. It doesn't mean they're going to be ready because some guys hit at double A on talent and some guys hit on discipline, approach, ability, and hard work. I don't know which of those Alex Kirloff is right now. Um, I just saw him swinging in Fort Myers before the year started, and before all these wrist problems that we're talking about sapped some of the power. I thought that looked like a major league bat. I did, and I'm not a scout, so don't get excited about that. Like, Don't let the hairs on the back of your neck stand up just because Wetmore said he's good. But... That dude's good. <laughs> so, like, he could he could be one of those guys that factors his way into the conversation for opening day 2020. More likely, you make him play his way up. You prove that the wrist stuff is behind him. Come to spring training. You're in big league camp, of course. But are you going to make the team? I I don't know what's going to happen. There. And I don't like the idea of going into the a, a season in a win-now window with a question mark in left field. Fair. So if you don't have a ready replacement for Eddie Rosario, I don't see how you trade him. Well, what if you you would unless or you have a trade package for a corner outfielder? You might be get, if you're getting a corner outfielder in return who's suitable. Cool, great, and you've upgraded your pitching. All right, fine, but I I can't leave a hole in my everyday lineup by trading Eddie Rosario. I just can't do it. Not in a win now window. That okay. goes that goes against my philosophy. I think uh, just just to say this before we get off of Rosario, I think he's overrated. I think Twins fans I can think see he's that. better than he is. No, I can see that. But he's he's good enough to be an everyday yep. left fielder. Good player. And you don't have anybody else who you can say that about. Fair. 
That's all I'm saying. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Alex Kirilov, given 600 plate appearances, could replicate the production that Rosario gave you this year. But I suppose you're always looking to improve. You're looking to upgrade. Um, and let's say this, too. Rosario's 2018 season was much better than his 2019. So, you know, maybe you hope he gets back to being that guy. He's still young. He's obviously talented. I mean, who else could hit a ball at their chin out of the park? Right. Then again, who else would try? And that's my argument against an Eddie Rosario. I just, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's a major leaguer. He's a nice guy that you'd like to have in your lineup. But as a cleanup hitter, who's the only guy who gets his name chanted at Target Field, I, I, I think Twins fans tend to overrate Eddie Rosario. Fair, and I can, I can see why you'd say that. But my, my only point is, I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. He's, he's good enough to be your everyday left fielder on a contending team. Sure. And you don't have anybody else who you can definitely say is that at he's, this point. He to me, he's like in the NBA. Where you need a you need a star, preferably three, but you also need like a sixth and seventh guy who are good basketball players. Exactly. That's he's what good, Rosario he's is. a good basketball player. Agreed. All right, let's get into some of the external candidates. How much how much diving have you done into the free agent class of twenty twenty in Major League Baseball? Not a super whole ton, but I know like the top end and I know the guys that are going to be well sought after if they don't get contracts um and the guys who if they choose to opt out are going to be you know incredibly valuable uh i don't know if that answers your question I, i'm familiar with the very top end well, let's go over some of them and the guys that uh if the twins should frankly have their eyes on all right gonna... starts with garrett cole am i to assume it starts with garrett cole garrett cole is widely considered to be the top free agent available yes starting <laughs> pitcher don't say non-zero. What percent chance would you give the Twins in signing Garrett Cole? Well, having not talked to anybody with the Twins specifically about Garrett Cole. Just knowing what you know about Major League Baseball free agency here's, and the Minnesota here, Twins. Here's what I know, because mm-hmm. I don't want to oversell this as like insider report. Okay. The Twins will be in on Garrett Cole. Okay. That phone call will be made. Now, I'm told he's represented by... You heard it by, here first, folks. Kidding, the Twins are signing Garrett Cole... Derek Wetmore reporting. MLB trade rumors, please at me. <laughs> there was a... I'm kidding. Don't at me. There was a... Uh, he, he's he's represented by Boris. He is going to start a bidding war. But some of the numbers that I've started to hear thrown around on this station... There are two things that I've heard on this station from multiple different people, and I just want to put a stop to it. It is, he will get close to $300 million. Hang on. Pause. He's a 29-year-old pitcher in the era of frozen free agency in which Bryce Harper had to wait to get $300 million right. as a 26-year-old. Yeah. Manny Machado got $300 million as a position player, 26-year-old. Pitcher's not getting $300 million here. This, this, I, I just don't think so. I don't see it. He's well-positioned. He's well-primed. He's an ace of aces, and there will be a bidding war. Patrick Corbin was a great pitcher last year and got 140. So... If I'm the Twins, I'm not committing to like a 10-year deal for a pitcher because I think that's almost always dumb. But I would be throwing around big dollar figures for a number of years to try to convince that guy to come here. You ask for a percentage chance, so I would say the contenders that need pitching will be in on him 10%. Okay. 10% chance. I'll take that. Sure. Just There you go. I'll take that. Made-up number from my brain <laughs> based on the fact that the Twins should have money to spend. They have a clear area of need. The best in the business is available to them. They didn't take that big swing last winter, and 
there are only so many teams that are going to be paying for a Garrett Cole's services, right? And the Miami Marlins ain't looking at Cole and saying, that's how we get out of the tank. It's going to be teams that are ready to pop, and the Twins are ready to pop. Okay. So you think there's, what, maybe 10 teams who are in that category? Yeah, having not gone through it and looked at it, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good number. All right. If the Red Sox aren't going to be spending big money this winter, do the Yankees go get an ace? The, oh, the other thing that I've heard on this station a lot is that it's a guarantee he's going to either the Padres or, or the, the Angels. Angels. Yeah. Okay, the Padres eventually are going to have to stop giving out the biggest contract every winter <laughs> and then missing the playoffs. Eventually, that pattern can't continue. Secondly, the Angels, maybe. That would be a logical destination if he ends up there. Good on them. That'd be a fun team. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Justin Upton, Garrett Cole. Like, all right, giddy up, let's go. But they also have their own financial commitment struggles. They're going through a bit of a manager-management riff that's probably going to end up with your guy, Joe Madden, managing there. I'm saying if you're saying it's a slam dunk that he's going to the Angels, we're fast-forwarding too much. There Agreed. Are, there are many miles to go before we sleep. Agreed. And there was a time when everybody assumed Bryce Harper was going to be a Cub, and that sure. that obviously did not happen. No, so exactly right. A lot of this early chatter ends up meaning absolutely nothing. couple more minutes before we take you to the movies, Derek. Anybody else who's on your radar who should be on Twins fans' radars as we move into the offseason? I mean, if Anthony Rendon doesn't get a deal done with Washington, he has to be on your list. He's a third baseman. He has long been the most underrated superstar in baseball. Sign Anthony Rendon, and I'm okay with trading Miguel Sano. There you go. Okay. Or, or yeah, whatever. <laughs> right. I'm saying the offseason gets shaken up time and time again. Sure. And let's not pigeonhole ourselves yeah. here. I'm just going through the list. This is just the easiest way to do it for the purposes of time mm-hmm. mlb.com's projected top free agents for 2020 steven strasburg but i believe he has an option i wouldn't mind strasburg madison bumgarner is a free agent i wouldn't give bumgarner the money that you guys are talking about on Mackie and judd with rami the other day i don't view him mlb.com has him as the fourth best free agent here i don't view him that highly i don't rate him that highly 30 year old lefty i think he's going to be a good pitcher and if the twins get him i think he'll help their rotation I think if you're talking about him as the just-missed Garrett Cole guy, you're in for an overpayment. And I don't think you're in a spot right now where you overpay for a, a mid-rotation starter. That's kind of how I view it. Um, I would, would, you, would you rather have Jake Rizzi or Madison Bumgarner on a three-year deal? Can I say both? Sure. I want both. Okay, let's do it. I'm I'm in for that. I want both. That kind of thing. It's just that if Madison Bumgarner is the apple of your eye in the off season, I question if you did enough. I'm not going in with my hopes set on anybody. I just want to see an upgrade. I want to see an upgrade to the starting rotation. Okay. The offense, I'm pretty pretty good with. I mean, it was an all right offense this year. Yeah, it did okay. <laughs> it was an okay offense. Bring some of those back. And I don't, I don't think there will be a, a, a major drop-off from any one of those guys individually or as a whole. Do I expect the 307 home runs again? Nah, probably not, but I expect them to be one of the better offenses in Major League Baseball. I'm, and I, I'm not going in set on any names to upgrade the pitching, but there needs to be an upgrade to pitching this offseason. Real rapid fire. Araldis Chapman's a free agent. Mm. Mm-hmm. J.D. Martinez could opt out of his deal with Boston. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu in uh, L.A., but I think that will not come to pass. I I don't know that he will be made a free agent. Um, But he took the qualifying offer last year, so who knows? 
Josh Donaldson's a free agent after a one-year make-good deal in Atlanta. There's another third baseman for you, Rami. Zach Wheeler is MLB.com's number nine. I would have targeted him as a rental at the trade deadline. I don't know what it's going to cost you to bring him in. Let's skip down the list to find the guy that I would be very curious about. Low-key, subtle, not a lot of people going to be talking about this, I don't think, given the year that Mitch Garver had. Yasmani Grandal could be a free agent and... It was just so effective with the Twins earlier this season having two catchers that could mash and then Williams Estadio doing his thing back when he was hot. That was a really good situation for Minnesota, and I wouldn't write it off as a possibility just because they have their starting catcher. Why can't you have starting catcher A and starting catcher B? Something to think about if you're trying to upgrade. I wouldn't hate that move. Offensively and defensively. He really helped out the, the Brewers this year, especially after Christian Yelich went down. He was a big part of that push that got them to that NL wildcard game. So he can help the team win baseball games and help the Dodgers for a number of years win baseball games. I wouldn't hate bringing Yasmani Grandal in. There will be much more Twins Talk. Score North Twins show. So much. We'll be back next week. We'll have more details on that to announce soon here on Score North. To be your best every day. You need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... Temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.